From Blackfoot to Teton, we've got your District 6 breakdown right here on the East Idaho PrepCast with Lance Taylor. That's right. It's another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your weekly uh, one-stop shop for everything going on in District 6 Athletics. It's brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. There's the logo right there on Lance's hat. The logo also up in the top right corner on the video feed of this prep cast. You can get that at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page. Uh, you can also get the audio-only version of this podcast each week at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Lance, what's going on? How are you? Time for championship football, my man. It is one of the Football's best. all about, right, for football is getting to the championships. That's right. We've we've reached the uh, the summit, right? We sure have. We yeah, sure have. only a little bit more to climb the top of that mountain. Uh, before we get to uh, breaking down what happened in football last week, a couple of uh, administrative things we got to let let you know about here on the Prepcast. Uh, first of all, you have gotten to know this podcast as the East Idaho Prepcast, where we're breaking down everything in District Six. Well, as we uh, advance past football season, we're, we're going to change the format just a little bit uh, because, Lance, there's just simply too much on my plate right now. Doing eight podcasts a week is a lot. <laughs> so uh, we are going to consolidate our District 5 and 6 podcasts. Those have been two separate podcasts, but after today's episode, we will have Districts 5 and 6 all in one place each week uh, with uh, Lance Taylor. And occasionally we'll get Jordan Kay uh, from the Idaho State Journal, who did a great job on our District 5 prep casts. We'll get him to pinch hit sometimes as well. So the fans are still seeing his face. Um, but moving forward, you know, nothing's going to change except that we're going to add a little District 5 to, to, to our District 6 conversation. I think it actually is going to work pretty well, Lance, because Districts 5 and 6 uh, a lot of times are in the same conferences or there's so much overlap anyways where the teams are always playing each other. Yeah, there is. Uh, you know, we see that quite a bit. Uh, you know, you, you take, for example, the 3A division, uh, District 5, District 6, each of, those, um, each of those conferences only have three teams. Uh, so they tend to play each other. Uh, you know, throughout the season as well. Uh, of course, District uh, 6 is combined conference for 5A, District 5-6. So, yeah, yeah, we see that. It's a good move. It's a good move. Yes, the 5As and the 1As are all combined. And and uh, as you said, a lot of overlap between those 3A, 2A schools. So, yeah, that the 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 format isn't going to change, except that we're adding a little bit more to the conversation each week, which I yeah, think will, yeah. will enhance the product. So, yeah. Um, the other note I was going to make super quick is that uh, after today's episode, uh, I'm giving everybody the week off next week, Lance, because it's Thanksgiving. It's the holidays. It's it's a natural point for us to take a week off to kind of step back and decompress a little bit. Um, and then we will be back in two weeks to start talking about basketball and wrestling as we get to the winter sports season. Sound all right? That sounds perfect. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yep. So, so no podcast next week. We'll be back in two weeks where we're talking about districts five and six all under one umbrella, clear as mud. And so now we move into, we move into uh, what happened in football last week. Uh, listeners and viewers will remember Lance that uh, you issued a challenge to me. We were going to pick all of the semifinal games 
And whoever had the most games picked correctly was going to get a free dinner courtesy of the Hooser, right? That's right. <laughs> My That's best right. East Ventura. Nice there. Jim Terry reference there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so here's the crazy part, Lance. I just, I just tallied up the totals. We each got eight games correct. We both went eight and four. You correctly picked Highland, Rigby, Skyline, Sugar Salem, Westside, Oakley, Raft River, and Cary. The games you didn't get right, you picked Blackfoot to beat Sandpoint. You picked Gooding to beat Weezer. You picked North Fremont over Firth. And you picked Castleford over Kendrick. Now, I also got eight games correct. I picked Highland, Sandpoint, Firth, Westside, Oakley, Raft River, Cary, and Kendrick. So I did horrible at the 3A, 2A, uh, and, and really cleaned up at the 1As. Yeah, the 1As bailed you out. The 1As bailed you out. <laughs> they, they did. I So the games I got incorrect were I picked Meridian to beat Rigby. I picked Pocatello to beat Skyline. Triple overtime game, by the way, Rigby and Meridian. Could, that's right. Could have gone either way. I picked yeah. so I picked uh, Pocatello to beat Skyline. I picked Homedale to beat Sugar Salem, and I picked Gooding to beat Weezer. So Lance, the fans in Idaho Falls and, and up in District Six probably have my head on a pike somewhere because I picked Skyline, Rigby, and Sugar to all lose, and they all won. <laughs> they did. They did. Those were. Uh, uh, I think I was the as I went back through stuff. I think I was the only Idaho sports uh, broadcaster that picked Sugar over Homedale. Yes, you were, Lance. You uh, you correctly predicted that Sugar Salem uh, would be able to to advance there. Let, let's just start there. Let's let's start at the at the three A ranks. Um, Sugar Salem had to travel to Homedale, uh, trailed seven nothing, then scored the next sixteen points to win sixteen to seven. Yeah, it was. I I was actually out there at the game. It was a very well played game. One of the things that we talked about last week on this podcast uh, was that you know we'd have to get great quarterback play from uh, sugar and use those receivers and that's exactly what happened uh the quarterback play was great the receivers did a great job uh, and it opened up run games as well opened up run plays uh during that the other thing was uh was to keep uh you know kinchlow down uh they, they did that kept him to about half uh, of his season average per game on that something uh, you know, you know, when it comes to that defense, just to kind of give you an idea, going into that game last week, the previous four games, Sugar had held their opponents to 10 rushing yards, 14 rushing yards, minus one rushing yards, and three rushing yards. That's what they had held them to in the previous four games going in to that game against Homedale last week. Uh, nothing short of dominant there for the uh, sugar defense. So uh, this is uh, this is a great talking point because sugar's defense has been excellent, really. I mean, throughout the season, and we knew that was yeah. a strength coming to the front seven, particularly with Boyd Sorensen and yeah. Ryan Harris leading the way for that crew. Yeah. And they've needed it because let's be honest, the sugar offense hasn't quite been there you know they're doing just enough offensively to to really advance now the 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 problem is is that Weezer comes in and they've got an explosive offense and we've seen that and Weezer is a team that okay if you're going to hold this to 10 yards rushing that's fine we've got Brett Spencer at quarterback and he can sling the ball around the yard so this is I think going to be Sugar Salem's 
toughest test to date. Can that secondary step up and play as well as the front seven has? Yeah, I think I think that's key. I think part of it as well is you know you know Brett Spencer is going to do some play action uh, with Weezer. He, uh, uh, he's going to get out, and and I uh, I think part of the key there uh, because of of uh, you know his ability to pass through the play action and so forth will be getting to him. I think the line still plays a massive role because I think it's getting into him and forcing him into quick passes or maybe to his check down receiver to the to uh, you know into a way that he doesn't necessarily want to play. Uh, Sugar secondary uh, is good as well, uh, but 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 I think this is a very intriguing matchup because again, yeah, you don't have the the heavy run uh, in comparison to what you had last week. Uh, you know these uh, you know as far as Weezer goes, Weezer Weezer can hurt you in a number of different ways. I, I think they can hurt you in more ways than what Homedale could, even though Homedale won that head to head matchup with those two teams. I, I think ultimately that that uh, Weezer can hurt you in more ways. I pick Sugar to win this game uh, because I just think Sugar's defense is that good. I think their offense has hit their stride at the right part of the season. However, uh, Weezer brings a lot of danger to the field. There is no, there's no question about it. Uh, they bring a lot of danger. I mean, you know, a lot of people you have to, when you look back at their record, they knocked off Emmett, which was the only team to beat Emmett until Valley View beat them right at the end of the season, you know, and then of course they lost in the playoffs, but, but, uh, uh, but that was Emmett's only loss. I mean, this is an Emmett team that shut out Bishop Kelly 21 to zero, you know, so that was no shy win for Weezer. That, that was a, a big win for them. But again, uh, as I've said numerous times, I think sugar is the most different at this point of the season than they were at the first of the season. And I think uh, there should, they've been showing it in the playoffs. And I think certainly last week was an indication of that as well. Yeah, a huge breakthrough for for Sugar Salem uh, over Homedale yet again. And uh, for Weezer, they went into their matchup with Gooding. Uh, Gooding was a big physical team, and that Weezer offensive line just took it to them. And Gooding wasn't really able to stop it. So I I agree. Weezer's offensive line versus Sugar's front seven on defense, I think, is the key matchup because it's a strength for both teams. And whichever team can do better there, I think wins the game. So, so let's, let's set it up. We each picked eight of 12 correctly in the semifinal round. We, nobody likes ties. So let's roll it over. We're going to, we're going to make oh, our championship game predictions. And again, we'll see if somebody's going to owe somebody a, a, a dinner after this. Uh, I I'm going Weezer in this game. Second week in a row, I'm picking against sugar. That's probably going to cost me, but I just, <laughs> I just think that Weezer is playing so well. And there's, you know, Tyler Richens is a great coach. For Sugar Salem, certainly. Tom Harrison is a coaching legend in the state yeah. of Idaho. He just yeah. knows how, how to deliver. He's won 10 state titles in his career. Yeah, he has. Well, and he's got 54 and 34 game win streaks during his career as well. In fact, the 54 game one was the longest in the nation for a while. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's certainly done some great things. He won eight state titles from 95 to 2002 just at Snake River. I mean, so, so there, I mean, I mean, there's no question, you know, he's a proven coach as well. I think, uh, I think the difference in this game, again, uh, that played a large role in last week's game with Omdell is I think Daniel Neal, uh, quarterback for sugar steps up and, and, uh, you know, has another good game and, and, and he's got three receivers that I would put up with almost anybody in the state. Uh, so when, when, when he is on, they are an extremely dangerous team because it opens up the run game for, uh, for Carson Harris and Wyatt Harris as well. Yeah, that Weezer secondary will be tested. We talk about Brett Spencer and what a great quarterback he is. Well, he's he's an all-state defensive back too. He's a great yeah, yeah, he quarter. is. He so, is. Yep. Yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of fun to watch. That I, that's going to be one of the closer championship games I think this weekend. So 
officially on the record, Lance is going Sugar. I'm going Weezer. And that is the 3A championship game. That will be Friday night at 5.30 in Holt Arena. That is going to be the first game of what is going to be a fantastic twin bill on Friday night. Let's preview the second game, 8.15 Friday night. It is Highland. It is Rigby. There's going to be more fans in Holt Arena for this Highland Rigby game than there will be for Idaho State, Idaho on Saturday. However, the rumor is they're only opening up half of the stadium. So I don't know if that's true or not, but. So uh, I can I can speak a little bit about this because I've been well, both of us have been at Holt Arena for these playoff games yeah. so far. And yes, what they have done is only opened one side um, of the stadium. So everybody has to come in the same way. Um, and then basically media and a cup and like the coaches of the teams that are playing in the next game, get that other side all to themselves. Now, uh, I heard the, the last I heard was that they were opening up both sides since it is the championship game. But that was a couple days ago, and that could have changed. Sure, certainly. Sure. So don't, well, don't and rumors fly around, and I hadn't verified them, you know. Right. Uh, but, of course, the previous games that we were to, they did only open up one half, which is which has been plenty, you know, in these in these previous games. Uh, you know, and, and it, it's always that north half, which is nice from a broadcast standpoint, but, you know, particularly from the video side of it because you get to see – you know the stands pretty full on that on that other side, but for a, for a, a a Highland rugby game being played in the dome, uh, <clears throat> that's going to bring that's going to bring some fans in when you consider both those teams are south or East Idaho, I should say. Yes, and I will say last week when Skyline played Pocatello, right to to local East Idaho teams, they 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 pretty much filled up that whole side of of the stadium. Yeah. So I I think. I think they're opening up both sides to try and alleviate foot traffic because you're you're going to have Sugar and Weezer kind of finishing up as this huge throng of Rigby and Highland fans are trying to get in. So I yeah. think the smart thing would be put Weezer and Sugar on the north side where we're at broadcasting and leave that other side open so those Highland and Rigby fans can get in uh, for that second game. I think is the way I would do it if I were running Holtz Arena. And again, the last I heard, they were going to open up both sides. But again... Uh, that could have changed, but yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So let's talk about it. Highland and Rigby both survive wild games. Highland wins on on a field goal as time expires for me and Hershey. Rigby survives in triple overtime over Meridian. It basically came down to the defense finally made a play. They knocked away a pass on fourth down and triple overtime, and then Tiger Adolfo uh, scored the game winning rushing touchdown for the Trojans. What a what a win for Rigby to to really their first true road game of the year to go get get the victory and now they come back home to face a familiar opponent well and it was, it was a big win too considering how hot uh meridian had been coming off that big win against mountain view the number one ranked team in the state and uh, you know i just felt going into that that that, that rigby was going to do well uh, you know they came out with the victory and obviously in, in overtime it could go either way we saw the same thing with blackfoot and sandpoint we'll talk about them in just a minute but but uh that is um <clears throat> You know, it's just a great game for Rigby. I thought Rigby, uh, you know, played tough. I I expect this weekend, unless Highland can step up and do something different, I expect this weekend to be regular season 2.0. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I expect it to go very similar to the regular season. Uh, we know that the trenches is a strength for both this team, these teams. I just feel it's a bigger strength for Rigby uh, than it is for Highland. Now, having said that, there is a caveat. Freeman is not in this game. Uh, that is a, um, that is a difference and, uh, and, you know, could make a difference in, in the outcome of the game. However, 
Uh, I, I just feel that Rigby's going to pull this off similar to what they did in the regular season. Yeah, Taylor Freeman, of course, the great wide receiver. He's also the backup quarterback. Uh, you know, got suplexed basically against Capital a couple of weeks ago. Uh, really should have been a flag on the play. He basically was yeah. lifted up and slammed into the ground, and he's he's out for the for the remainder of the season. That comes into question because there were rumors flying that Tiger Adolfo may have gotten banged up on that game-winning touchdown in triple overtime last yeah. week. Now, from what I've heard, he's good to go, and he's a gamer. Yeah, that's my understanding as well at this point. Yes, uh, but but it does, you know, you don't have that security blanket anymore of Freeman who can come in and play quarterback if that's something were, were to happen. So um, I agree. Rigby is a little banged up. Even the guys that are health, that are back playing from injury, you know, they're still not all the way back, right? They're, they're 80, 85%. Whereas Highland, for the most part, has stayed pretty healthy, pretty remarkably healthy. I agree with you. I like Rigby in this game. I think for Highland to win, Highland pretty much has to play their best game of the season. They've got to do everything perfectly to, to have a shot to knock off Rigby because we saw in the regular season, Highland's defensive line got overwhelmed by the Rigby offensive line, and that was kind of Highland's strength, yeah. and they weren't able to move the ball on offense either. So for Highland, they have a chance, but they're, they're really going to have to play pretty much a perfect game. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. I think Falavai is going to play a huge part in this game as well because of that line and because of Freeman being out. It's not that that, that takes away you know Adolfo's ability to pass the ball or their ability to pass in general. Uh, they just obviously have to spread it around a little bit more uh, with Taylor Freeman out of the game. However, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, Falavai is going to have a very very good state championship game. And, and they've got guys that can, I mean, Sam Coons and Nikita Foster, Coleman Lords in the slot, Condanzi, right. the tight end. I mean, they've got a plethora of guys they can lean yeah. on for sure. I've, I've said it all season. How do you beat Rigby or at least have a chance to beat Rigby? You've got to keep Tiger Adolfo in the pocket. Where he beats teams is when the play breaks down and he's able to take off for 10 or 15 yards. And I have not seen a team yet that's been able to keep him contained and Highland's defensive line is good, but they've got to keep their, their lane integrity uh, to try and keep Adolfo in the pocket. But. Well, I think Adolfo is one of those players that he's not just a quarterback. He's a tremendous athlete. We know he's committed down to, to Weber state uh, in, in the big sky. I think uh, he's one of those guys that if he went and quarterback didn't work out at the college level, he's the kind of athlete that could play numerous different positions. He's not just a single style of player you know he did he could go and do many things because you know ultimately when it comes down to it he could be recruited by a lot of places places as an athlete and right. uh, you know his legs are certainly a big part of that yeah i, I know early on in the recruiting process uh some some division one schools uh had expressed interest in him i think as an athlete not as a well, quarterback necessarily but yeah, well and he, and he has a predecessor uh from rigby doing just that down at byu right now Right. <laughs> Playing very well. So yeah. certainly. Yep. So, okay. So we both like Rigby in the five, a title game. That's a double header in Holt arena Friday night, sugar Salem against Weezer in the first uh, championship game at five 30 and then Rigby and Highland at eight 15. Also Friday night, the skyline Grizzlies have to travel up to the Kibbe dome in Moscow to take on Sandpoint Sandpoint, the number one seed overall uh, skyline seated sixth. What a fun game that was last Saturday between Skyline and Pocatello. It was back and forth. Skyline, again, for the third game in a row, started slow. And my prediction of if they start slow, Pocatello is going to run them out of the building. That didn't come to fruition, mostly because Skyline was able to dominate the time of possession in the first half. They ran 32 plays to Pocatello's 15 
in that opening half. And because of that, they were able to really grab this game by the reins. And every time Highland, or excuse me, every time Pocatello would score, Skyline had an answer. And at the, right. very, at the very end, they basically uh, shut it down with a Bron Silverio running out the clock. Pocatello could not st- get a stop defensively when they really needed to. Well, and last week in this broadcast, <clears throat> one of the guys I mentioned was Silverio, uh, that that I, th- I felt he would play a, a big role in this game and their their ability to use him, him to slow the clock down should that need to, to, to happen. That is what happened. You know, it was interesting. I was coming back from the Sugar Homedale game. So I, I was driving back while that game was on. So we we had it pulled up in the vehicle, you know, had the audio on there. So, you know, I was listening to that game. And and really, I, I feel that Skyline, and, and I, I called Skyline to win it last week, and I just really feel like Skyline right now is an extremely tough team to beat. And that experience from – from being, you know, the, the your reigning state champions being there last year, I think is playing a a role. I don't think that the travel up to the Kibbe Dome is going to make much of a difference, uh, you, you know, for them. I I I think uh, I think it's sixes as far as that goes. I don't think they're going to mind the travel, and I pick Skyline to to uh, win this game over Sandpoint as well. Okay, see, I'm although leaning. Sandpoint, one thing I've got to give Sandpoint as well. Uh, and it's it's a little bit like the Sugar team is, where I think Sandpoint is a much different team at this point of the season than they were at the first of the season as well. I mean, you know, early on in the season, they took an absolute shellacking from uh, from Homedale, uh, you know, but but this uh, this Sandpoint team is is uh, peaking as well at the right time. But I I pick Skyline to win that game. This is a Sandpoint team, and I'm I'm picking Sandpoint to win. Um, I think Skyline is playing better right now, but my preseason pick to win 4A was Sandpoint. Right. So I got to stick with that. Well, and, um, it, and and the thing is, it's been a good pick for you. I mean, they're right. a very good team. And again, we're at the point of the of the season where we look and say, it really wouldn't surprise us <laughs> whichever team won. It's not going to be a surprise. We each have our feeling and uh, you know of, 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 of who might win, but it's, it's not going to be a surprise. I mean, just like last week, you know, I picked Blackfoot to win that game. This was an overtime game as well, one that was done by a gutsy two-point conversion attempt, you know, by by Sandpoint to win it. And and uh, you, you know, Sandpoint is is a very good team. I I, I think for me looking at the matchups and maybe it was because of the max prep rankings, you know, and, and getting the teams they should have on opposite sides of the brackets and things like that. Although we had a lot of big dogs that lost that did, did lose early on. But I just think that, that our championship games this year have the potential to be the most competitive group of championship games as a whole that we've seen in a long time. Yes. And every team that has gotten to this weekend has certainly had to earn it. Right. I mean, there's been some fantastic quarterfinal. Uh, I've talked to people and they've said this is the best round of semifinal games they've ever seen in Idaho history. Now, I I haven't lived here that long, so I don't know that uh, personally, but that's what people have told me. So have you lived here long enough to vote? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, in the city I live in, um, there, there's a runoff election for the for the mayor. Uh, for uh, yeah, the mayor So yeah, I I saw that runoff election <laughs> and, a, and a big debate last night for the ones in Blackfoot, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, it's yeah, it's quite the political scene right now in uh, Southeast Idaho as well. You know, certainly. But, uh, we count you as an Idahoan. You know, I mean. I, I mean, present day, present day stuff. I, I I know my stuff. It's just the history part of it. I have to lean yeah, on sure, others to sure. tell me how this compares historically to other things. Sure, sure. 
uh, Blackfoot, real quick, let's talk about their season. It, it was a wild, uh, heart-stopping game just about every week for Blackfoot. Yeah. Uh, they lost four times this year, basically because of two-point conversions. Twice they went for two and didn't get it. Twice they allowed a two-point conversion to, to allow the other team to win. Um, but what a season for Blackfoot as well, just yeah. a nod to them. Yeah, yeah, Blackfoot did very good. And, and again, I, I felt that Blackfoot was the team that, that all year long – didn't consistently live up to their talent level. You know, I, I, I think there were times they did. I had them earlier on in the season against Skyline and, and I thought they played a fantastic game. In fact, I really jumped on, on the Blackfoot bandwagon at that time because I realized, boy, if this team's playing their best, they're tough. They are a very, very tough team. I don't think we consistently saw that out of them this year. Uh, they certainly fall in the category of cardiac kids. <laughs> you know, they had everybody on the edge of their seat all year long. Uh, for the most part, and uh, not the least of which uh, was last week <laughs> against Sandpoint. You know that that was another excellent game for them, and and they had to travel travel a ways to do it. But but I think Blackfoot, and of course we're we're going to talk more about them come basketball season as well with their their girls basketball team is is unreal. We won't get into that obviously today, but but just as kind of a precursor for those listening, uh, that's a team that we will talk about, a school that we will talk about. Oh, definitely. Blackfoot. Well, we'll talk about them. I mean, they're one of those schools that just seems to compete in every single sport mm-hmm. across the board. So, yep. yep, they're good. Yeah. So, so yeah, Sandpoint, Skyline, two, two big factors that Skyline has going for them, their depth. Sandpoint is playing uh, a couple guys both ways. Skyline, of course, has the luxury of not doing that. We see Kenyon Sadiq sometimes play corner just to match up with an athlete. Um, but for the most part, you know, Skyline's got 22 guys that play uh, just their side of the ball. So depth is in Skyline's favor. Health is in Skyline's favor. Sandpoint is missing a couple of key offensive weapons. Cody Newhart, who uh, was first-team all-conference as a sophomore wide receiver last year, he's missed almost the entire year. He came back right at the end of the regular season. He is out again for Sandpoint. Max Frank is their slot back. He didn't play last week, and that's a key uh, part of what Sandpoint wants to do offensively as well. I think if Skyline is going to win this game, it's like last week, it's going to come down to Silverio and the run game because Sandpoint's secondary is so good. Blackfoot really couldn't do much through the air. Uh, I believe all of their touchdowns came via the rush. So that's going to be a big key. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I think Skyline, uh, I, I think Silverio again steps up just like we talked about last week, and like you just mentioned, I think he plays a huge role in this game. He has to have a good game. I think Sadiq ends up doing some things, you know, in this game uh, as well uh, that, that can really hurt Sandpoint. You know, Sadiq's one of those players. You know, they've run some sweeps with him, things like that. Uh, he's got good speed, and you know, oftentimes things come down to a, a play here and there. He's their punter. You know, and and he's the kind of punter that you could run a fake with if necessary, you know, and sometimes things like that keep a drive going and put an extra score up on the board to make a difference in a game. And when you see how close a lot of their games have come to this year, uh, you know, little things like that that you have the ability to do, I think, make a difference. So so I I think at the end of the day, uh, Silverio ends up being the biggest piece to the puzzle, I believe, uh, in this game. But I think Sadiq uh, plays another pretty, pretty big piece, too. Yeah, Sadiq, of course, uh, had a great game against Pocatello. You know, 75 to 80% of what he caught were screens. They just throw it to him on a screen and say, hey, go go get us what yardage you can because you're a big physical receiver. The two well, touchdowns. On that screen, immediately as he turns around, he's got great lateral movement. So if there's somebody there close, he can dart one way or the other. He's not just a north-south guy. Right. 
And so that, that worked well for them. And then the two touchdowns he caught were two of the best catches I've seen all year. The first yeah. one was with Pocatello committing pass interference where two guys basically had him wrapped up. One guy was draped over his shoulder and he's falling to his back and makes the catch. The second one, crew Hales couldn't have played it better for Pocatello. I mean, he was right there and Sadiq just outleaped him basically um, on a slant route uh, in the back of the end zone and extended and, so, yes, I agree. I don't know that Sandpoint has an athlete like Kenyon Sadiq. So no, it's going to take no, everything they've got to stop him. Yeah, I think so, too. And, of course, when I, I heard those touchdowns, I was listening to you guys <laughs> on the broadcast. Uh, but, but then I had to pull up, uh, uh, you know, go through one of the local news stations to pull up and see the actual highlight from it and stuff. It was a fantastic catch. I mean, I knew it was, obviously. Uh, you know, you call such a good game, Brandon. and. And, uh, but it, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was every bit as special once I finally saw it as it was when I heard the call. Yeah. I mean, it was just incredible. So, all right. Uh, you like skyline. I like Sandpoint. so far, uh, we've got differing on two of the three games we've, we've previewed here. So far uh, I'm up to zero. Go ahead. <laughs> you're right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's the Friday slate, right? The doubleheader in Holt arena, uh, sugar Salem, Weezer at five 30 Rigby Highland at eight 15 skyline, traveling to the Kibbe Dome in Moscow, seven o'clock Pacific time kickoff. All right. So for the fans that stay home, that's eight o'clock hour time or, or mountain time for, for those skyline fans. And that'll be Friday night against Sandpoint. Let's jump back to Thursday. There are uh, two championship games that will be played Thursday in Holt arena. The first one is the one AD one championship raft river Oakley. That doesn't concern anything here, but real quick, let's just get your pick for that game. Uh, wow. That was a good game during the regular season. I mean, we talked about, you know, Raft River, chillacking so many teams, but that was a good game during the regular season. And I, th I think the tables switch here and I think Oakley ends up pulling out the victory in that one. Okay. I'm going Raft River. I have been again, like Sandpoint, it was my preseason pick to win. And, uh, I've been the only person that's had Raft River as the number one team in my media poll all year long. And then people finally jumped on when they beat Oakley in the regular season finale. Uh, I agree. This game is so close. This might be the best championship matchup. I think, I think sugar Weezer is a close second, but in terms yeah. of competitiveness, I think this is the best one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this has the potential to be just an absolute special game. You know, Lapway hung with, or I mean, with Raft River for a little while last week, we both called Raft River for that game. Uh, but, uh, I mean, had picked them for that game, but, and then of course the wheels fell off <laughs> and then Raft River River ended up opening it up, you know, but, but, uh, Raft River. And, and the thing is, you don't say this a lot about one AD one teams. Cause there's so few players overall. I mean, these are small schools, you know, one AD one, and then especially one AD two. But I think, uh, I think Raft River, they are a very deep team for a for, for a 1a school you know they, they've yeah. got a lot of talent on that and but so does Oakley you know Oakley wasn't too many years ago that Oakley was a 2a school and was playing 11 man football and uh, you know so they're they're one of the bigger 1ad ones in the state kind of like Grace was you know when they first dropped down from the SEIC conference and and went into uh, the 1ad one division but I just I don't I don't know why uh, but I just I think Oakley pulls this one out yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a great game. I'm going Raft River. You're going Oakley. I did want to mention real quick. Oakley did play Butte County last week in the semifinal round, and uh, it was a wild game. Butte County is uh, Boone Gamut came through and blocked a punt and recovered yeah. it and took it in for a touchdown, all in one play. Butte County led eight nothing, but then the they gave the momentum right back to Oakley yeah. because Oakley returned the very next kickoff 
for a touchdown. And, you know, Butte County just wasn't able to run the ball like they wanted to. They thought yeah. their physicality could beat Oakley speed. Oakley speed was was a little bit better. And so for Butte County, it was a disappointing way to end the season. But what an overall season they had. I mean, it was yeah. a really incredible year. It was a fantastic season. And for you and I last week, I mean, obviously we made our picks in that game, but but ultimately that was more of just a pick em game, you know, in the sense of that was that was one that that we just didn't know for sure. You know, you know, who comes out. Of course, it's not like you ever know for sure, but 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 oftentimes you have a pretty dang good idea, you know. Uh I, I don't think either one of us would have been afraid to put our entire, you know, paychecks for a couple of years uh on a table in Vegas over the Bear Lake. West side game last week, you know, and, and so, but, but that's, this is one that truly we didn't know going into it. And I think very much the Rafter for Oakley game. I mean, we have our picks in that, but I, uh, I that's another one. We just don't know. I mean, that right. could go either way. Yep. Now in, in that Oakley Butte County game, there was a little bit of controversy. I know the fans in Arco and from Butte County are hurting a little bit. Um, there, there was a story that came out. It was really a nicely written article last week about Porter Taylor. He's, he's an uh, alignment at Butte County. Uh, his mother was killed uh, a year and a half ago because of a drunk driver. You know, she was just, you know, basically minding her own business and uh, some idiot, you know, hit her and, and she ended up passing away. And it was a really uh, awful. Yes. A very awful tragedy. And so it kind of came, you know, that a lot of people didn't know about it until this article was written about it. Saturday, as Oakley was running back onto the field for the second half of play, uh, they had one of those fan-made signs, you know, the cheerleaders or the students, whoever made it, and it said basically something along the lines of, hey, your mom called and said you're, you left your game at home. And Butte County fans took that as, hey, they're taking a shot at our guy Porter Taylor because he lost his mother. Now, I will say as a neutral observer – I don't think Oakley had any malice or intent behind the sign. I think it, no, was, I just, think it was just kind of one of yo mama type jokes. You know what I'm yes. saying? That they kind of viewed it that way. Yes. Now I can, I can understand that Oakley feels like they didn't do anything wrong. And I can understand Butte County thinking they did because for Butte County, you know, it, it, it struck a nerve certainly. And this is yeah. a personal subject. Oakley, I don't think knew about any of that coming in. Um, I don't think there was any malice or, or ill will besides a little friendly smack talk. I guess this is a good learning moment for everybody to say, hey, let's just promote our own team and not yeah. worry about Rather cutting than knocking down the, the other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, to be honest with you, there's a big push in that in sports in general right now. Uh, it's It's become vitriolic, you know, in a lot of scenarios. It's not something that we need. Uh, you know, as fans, yeah, sure, boo a little bit at something you don't like or this, that, and the other. But when it starts getting kind of personal uh, or in a position where so, where a team could really take it personal in that sense, uh, we've just got to be a little bit more cautious, you know, and, and we're, we're not saying let's not be fans. Uh, and, of course, you know, one of the great things I've always felt about sports is the ability to go through all those emotions in such a safe environment in such a short period of time, you know, from angst to excitement to sorrow to fear to elation to, <laughs> you know, everything. And uh, uh, but but I think there is uh, there are some boundaries that we have to be careful. I don't think this is one that was anything intentional at all, that uh, obviously had the potential to be so. Yeah. And so I, I feel for both sides, both sides probably think the other was in the wrong. And I think it's just one of those situations where moving forward, we can, we can do better. And for, I feel, I feel for the Butte County fans. It, it was a rough day. Didn't end the way they wanted to. Then you add that on top of it. I, I yeah. certainly feel for the good folks in Arco. So yeah. 
All right, they let's are, they move. are good folks too. The first nuclear yeah. city. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they are there. Uh, I mean, I was talking to coach Sam Thorngren before the game and uh, it was the first time I'd met him in person and he is just great to talk to and interact with as well. So uh, Butte County is a team that uh, will be around. I'll, I'll say that if they got back to the semifinals last year or, or next year, I don't think it would surprise anybody. No, so, nope. No. Yeah. And that's a team that again, not too many years ago was a two, a team and was playing 11 man football. Uh, in fact, when I first moved up here, uh, back to Idaho 12 years ago, they were still uh, in the 2A division. I believe it was the next year that they went down uh, to 181. So yeah, they're 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 a good they're a good good program. They'll continue to be so. Definitely. All right. So that's the first uh, state championship game at, at Holt Arena Thursday night. It's a 6:30 kickoff between Raft River and Oakley, and then at nine o'clock, lands 9 p.m. kickoff. You've got the 2A championship Thursday night. Firth taking on west side this is a rematch of the not only last year's championship which west side won 39 to nothing but a rematch of that great season opener which west side won 26 to 20 in overtime yeah yeah and uh, the, the, this is another game that there i feel if firth wins this ball game they've got to play pretty much a flawless game uh, because I, uh, I think that Westside, uh, I I'm picking Westside to win this game. I just think Westside is that tough. And I don't know if the first game of the season, uh, between these two teams is really indicative of what the state championship will be. Uh, I think Vasquez has to have an extremely good game. You know, I've, I talked to his dad occasionally throughout the season. His father's, uh, one of the great basketball officials here in, in Southeast Idaho and, and uh, I just, I just, you know, I love his dad, love his family. You know, they're such good people. I, I know a lot of the, the, uh, a lot of the first uh, folks down there and, and, you know, I would love to, with my heart, pick them uh, to win it. But I think, I think West side is just that good. I agree. Uh, I've spent more time with West side this year than Firth. I did the Firth deck low game two weeks ago and I've, I've done, you know, four or five West side games. So I know their side of it a little better. I think going into that first game of the season against Firth, Westside kind of thought they were going to roll. Hey, we dominated these guys last year. They're they're no good. We're going to end at Firth held tough. And because of that, now every time I talk to the Westside coaches, they said Firth is really good. Like you can't sleep on these guys. So I think Firth is going to get the very best Westside has to offer, which I agree um, I don't think ends well for Firth. I think not only does Firth have to play a perfect game, but Westside has to like make a couple of mistakes as well. I think for Firth, to, they just you know Firth uh, keeps squeaking by, and 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 Westside is the kind of team that's not going to give you um, those mistakes like Declo and North Fremont did. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I uh, I just believe that they're going to have a different mentality going into this game. Speaking of Westside. And it's not the Firth couldn't step up and win it. But again, I, I think a number of more stars in the sky have to align for Firth to win it uh, than for Westside to win it. Not, Every, that I, not that I believe stars in the sky aligning mean anything, just <laughs> using that as an example. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I've said this at the end of every Westside game I've done this year. Team X is great. So, so for example, last week, Bear Lake, a very good team. Westside made them look not good. Yeah. We have to remember. Bear Lake is a great team. Firth is a great team. Westside is a historically great team. I mean, they they are coming into this game with a 31-game winning streak. 
best in the state of Idaho by a large margin, two-time defending state champs. And so just because the the score is lopsided doesn't mean that Bear Lake wasn't a good team or that That's Firth right. isn't a good team. It's, it's because Westside is just that good. Yes. So um, I do like Westside here just like you, but um, Firth, I think, has a chance to to show up and, and compete well. So Yep. I think so as well. This is uh, – but I just think Firth is just – uh again has to play an exceptional game i i don't i don't i don't think westside has to play an exceptional game to win it i have to play a good game but not an exceptional game i think firth has to play exceptional to win it yes all right the final championship will be saturday at 1 p.m at the kibbe dome in moscow it's the 1ad2 final carry against Kendrick. Who do you like in that game, Lance? I like Kerry in that game. I picked against Kendrick last week and, uh, and I lost that. You, you rightly so picked Kendrick uh, to win that game, but I, I think Kerry steps up. And again, you know, when you talk about historically good programs, <laughs> you know, Kerry's another one of those. This would be- I tell people all the time, if you have not watched eight man football, that is some of the funnest football to watch. It's a blast for sure. Uh, Carrie, this will be their final game in the 1A D2 ranks. They're moving up to 1A D1 next year. And everybody else is saying, Sirenara, don't let the door hit you on the way out. (laughs) Well, and and a lot of D1 teams are saying, uh, yeah, now come up. You're going to have to play in the D1 ranks and see how you do. Well, um, they're going to get a pretty good shock because Carrie's a very good team. Well, think, think about that conference now. You've got Raft River and Oakley, and you're throwing Carey into the mix along right. with Lighthouse Christian and Murtaugh, which both are – I mean, that's going to be a loaded conference. That is going to be a loaded conference. It is yeah. going to be a loaded conference. And, in fact, I think I think out of those teams, the only one that has not been in a recent state championship, you know, within the, within the last recent years, I think is Murtaugh. Yeah. Uh, all the rest of them have been in recent state championship football games. And from what I'm hearing from coaches, they're saying, look out for Murtaugh next year. So oh, yeah. the, I don't know. It could be a lot of fun. I, yeah. I also am going with Kerry. So officially, we both picked Rigby. We both picked Westside. And we both picked Kerry. You have gone with Sugar Salem over Weezer. I've gone with Weezer over Sugar. You've gone with Skyline over Sandpoint. I've gone with Sandpoint over Skyline. And you've gone with Oakley over Raft River. And I've gone with Raft over Oakley. So Potential for a tie still exists, but I think one of us is going to win this thing this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. B-dubs, yep. uh, um, kind of the spot for the uh, Idaho sports guys, no matter what. <laughs> what right. If there's a B-dubs, we're there after playoffs. Uh, uh, we need to get them to advertise on here. You I know. know. I mean, I mean, we really need to get them to advertise on here. Uh, but For as much money as uh, as our boss spends there, you would think that, you know, they'd be able to help out. But well, he's got the equivalent of about two hundred thousand sky miles <laughs> at, <laughs> at beat up in beat ups points. Yeah, <laughs> that's you're, right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's going to be a lot of fun for for championship weekend here in the state of Idaho for all of the the football uh, championships. Friendly reminder, no podcast next week. We're taking the week off for the Thanksgiving, and then we will be back in two weeks to talk about all the winter sports activities going on. So, uh, Lance, uh, let me say early, happy Thanksgiving. 
Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Are you staying in town? Are you traveling? What are your plans? Yeah. So my wife and I, all of our family lives in Montana. We're we're the lone outliers that live somewhere else. So yes, we will be traveling back to Montana for Thanksgiving. So uh, good for you. Safe travels. We're going down to Southern Utah, down to St. George to my dad. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a good spot. You know, for Christmas, we've always made them come to us if they wanted to, because too hard with kids, you know, to <laughs> pack all your gifts up and stuff and travel to places. And, and, uh, but for Thanksgiving, we kind of, we kind of spread that around a little bit. And uh, I'll tell you the greatest thing that we have started doing for Thanksgiving. We, when we go with my dad, he takes us out to Golden Corral. Can I just tell you how nice it is to have no food preparation, no food cleanup, none of that. You get right back, you get right into the NFL football games for the day, kick back, sleep from that from that turkey you know and uh oh love it <laughs> no leftovers though that's the best part of things well, well this is what happens my dad always cooks a turkey a few days before and so we do have some turkey meat there but we don't have the big thanksgiving dinner there so there are some leftover type of you know gotcha. type of stuff but 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 the nice thing is <laughs> i'm not a turkey eater i really don't care for turkey i, I don't hate it i just don't care for it so I get to go there and I get to get a nice steak, you know, and right. stuff. that's a, that's my Thanksgiving. So, okay. You, you do, you've got it figured out. You should write a book on that. How to win at Thanksgiving another pro I, tip. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how to get your father to pay for it. That's an even bigger one, you know? <laughs> yes, no doubt. All right, Lance, we'll have a safe trip down there. Um, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. And we'll see you in two weeks back here on the East Idaho prep cast brought to you by pure adrenaline motorsports, your source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.